before you this morning, Lord. We're asking you to just bless us uh, entirely, Lord, with your spirit. We ask, Lord, that you bless these tithes and these offerings that were lifted up, Father, that you continue to multiply them and continue to bless this church and its community, Lord, that you continue to help us, Lord, and guide us uh, through your word and your word only, Father. Uh, We're asking, Lord, that you just bless this service this morning, Lord, and continue to bless all our brothers and sisters that are watching and listening, that you continue to help all of us, Lord, just to get closer to you and see you more clearly in our lives. Yes, it's all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless everyone this morning. Uh, Y'all may be seated. Se pueden sentar, hermanos. Dios bendiga a todos esta mañana. God bless the group this morning also. We have another opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord and just uh, rejoice in everything that he's doing in our lives. Amen. If you're having a hard time finding a reason to rejoice, um, sometimes it's because we're going through a lot of different uh, trials and tribulations. Um, But through our trials and tribulations, God is perfectly working in us. Uh, Muchas veces, hermanos, no entendemos por qué estamos pasando cosas. Porque cada vez vienen cosas en nuestras vidas es porque el amor de Dios perfectamente está trabajando en nosotros. Uh, so we have to believe this. We have to trust in this. We have to know that God is true and real in us. Uh, I saw an interesting statistic this past week um, that here in a few years, the not unbelief, not atheism, but um, the non-religion believer, uh, which is just not believing in anything at all, not um, uh, is going to be the highest belief in America. It's finally going to take over um, what they would determine is Christianity. Um, and that is because there's more and more people that are just losing uh, not only interest, um, but have not had an opportunity to be introduced to Christ. Estaba leyendo algo esta semana, hermanos, que el religión más grande que va a estar en los Estados Unidos va a ser religión de no creer en religión, de no creer en algo. Y ya va a pasar el creencia de cristianismo. Y eso es algo temoroso. That's a scary thing, too, because I don't think we really realize what grace and mercy is to have in our country. When you have grace and mercy, it's what uh, a balance of control that God has put here. Uh, and this is why when you meet people that aren't, don't live, from, live here, they will always tell you you're blessed. Uh, you're not only blessed because you're driving uh, a car um, that uh, is, is newer, newer uh, but you're not only blessed because you have jobs, you're blessed because there's mercy and grace that's here because there's people praying, there's people believing. Uh, like Brother uh, Lorenzo had mentioned on Friday, it's important for us to come here with intent. If we don't come here with intent, then what do we expect to receive from God? Uh, if you don't come here with a purpose, if you don't come here with a hunger to eat uh, the word of God, then you will not leave quenched or full. Uh, es importante, hermanos, a venir aquí con un intento de, de recibir algo de Dios. 
si nomás venimos aquí y creemos que va a pasar natru, naturalmente, uh, así no, no se trabaja con Dios. Uh, estábamos leyendo que muchas veces podemos uh, estar en el mismo cuarto con Dios, con Jesús, y no recibir algo hasta que, uh, hasta que nosotros queremos algo de Él o lo tocamos nosotros. Uh, no, es el, el, no es Jesús tocándote a ti si no tienes el corazón listo para recibir de Él. You know, brothers and sisters, we come here a lot of the times and we misinterpret stuff. We think that Uh, just by coming here, Jesus is going to uh, have an impact on you. There has to be a heart that's ready. It says that that's one thing that he cannot resist is a contrite heart, a heart that's ready to receive him. Uh, see, this is all part of the process is receiving him and not just being deceived uh, by thinking it's just being here is enough. Being here is just the beginning. Amen. God bless the classes this morning and the kids uh, and youth. I ask that you guys keep on praying for us and keep on praying for um, the candidates for baptism. Um, I've, I've got to believe one thing, and I know that experience is on my side on this, is that the enemy is attacking, and the enemy is confusing, and the enemy is doing things. Uh, and the enemy will continue to be the enemy. Nothing will change in, uh, uh, on that until he is overcome that day. Um, pido, hermanos, que sigan orando por los candidatos del de bautismo, uh, que, que Dios les ayuda y que Dios les da uh, confianza en esta decisión que tienen. Uh, I'm, I've been really excited with uh, seeing what God is doing, and I know that the enemy is doing stuff, and, and I can only imagine... Uh, the confusion that comes into their hearts or, or still the old man that wants to, to reign in them. Uh, but it's important for them to make this decision and this commitment uh, for the rest of their lives. Uh, and this process is beautiful. Um, this process of deciding to accept Jesus in your heart and to uh, commit yourself to him is a beautiful process. And I'm very excited for, uh, for them that are Um, are looking forward to this next chapter in their lives with Christ. Um, the title of today's message, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it coincides still with what we've been talking about, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and what the Holy Spirit can do for us. Um, I, I was meditating a lot yesterday and just thinking about um, what what triggered the Holy Spirit, what we were talking about on Wednesdays when Jesus said, I cannot be here with you and give you this comforter. I cannot be here with you and give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come when I'm not here. Um, the, the best thing that Jesus gave us, uh, he couldn't be here giving it to us. Uh, he had to leave us to give us this gift. El, el mejor cosa que Dios los dio a nosotros, hermanos, no lo podía dar a nosotros estando con nosotros, uh, no más uh, uh, siendo crucificado, uh, uh, muriendo y, y también, how do you say, resurrecting, Resu resucitando, um, es cuando recibimos 
uh, el Espíritu Santo. Es cuando él podía mandar el Espíritu Santo. And it's powerful because we look at a lot of examples, right? We see Mary, um, you know, receiving from the Holy Spirit, but Jesus wasn't here. You know, we see, like we mentioned before in the book of Genesis, that uh, the waters were moved by the Holy Spirit. Um, so his spirit here on earth is what is here right now and giving us strength and wisdom. Su espíritu es lo que está aquí ahorita, hermanos, dándonos uh, el poder y dándonos más fuerzas y, y, y también entendimiento. Uh, but the title today is His Stripes Healed uh, My Wounds. Um, and, and we could see here in Isaiah 53.5 that the prophet Isaiah started talking about the crucif uh, crucifixion of Christ. Uh, he started prophet uh, prophetizing uh, what was to come. And we read here, it says, Mas el herido fue por, por nuestras rebeliones, molido por nuestros pecados, el castigo de nuestra paz sobre él. Y por su llaga fuimos nosotros curados. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Now, brothers and sisters, I know many a times, and when you were kids, you probably, this probably happened a lot, where somebody would take the blame for you. You know, you're, you're a kid and stuff like that, and, and, you know, and Billy looks at you and says, I got this one. You know, I'll say it was my idea, right? And then, you know, Billy got home and probably received the spanking and stuff like this, and, and you're like thinking, man, Billy's a good friend. But in this verse right here, it's referring to something even stronger than this. This is the, uh, the sacrifice that Christ gave for us. A sacrifice that was... Uh, a cruel sacrifice. Uh, movies can't even portray how, how impactful this sacrifice was. Because at the very end of everything, it's still acting. But Christ actually gave his life for us because we're in a state where we needed him to purify us. We needed him to cure us, heal us of all this pain that we've stored. To this day, we come here sometimes and we're wounded, even though that he's sacrificed and done this incredible act on the cross for us. And so if we're still struggling with wounds, have we truly understood what he did on the cross? Because when he says that he came and he gave his life so that we could be healed of our wounds, of our scars. And I think the problem is a lot of the times, and when we reflect this and refer this more to the Holy Spirit, I think a lot of times, brothers and sisters, that we're not connecting the sacrifice that Christ did to the healing that should be happening in us. You see, many of us are still carrying wounds from here on earth, even though we've received Christ in our hearts. Es importante entender, hermanos, dice aquí la palabra, y por su llaga fuimos nosotros curados. Pero muchas veces estamos todavía cargando nuestras heridas. Cuando Él ya pagó para esto, 
Él ya pagó para esto Pero muchas veces no, Estamos más en la carne Que en in the spirit. See, we're more in the flesh than we are in the spirit because we live in a society where we rather have a sign on us that's, that shows that we're handicapped so we're relatable to others instead of having a sign of victory, which is Christ being in us. We talked about fruits. What's the fruit of Christ being in you? It's not the fruit of scars because we were healed in these things. That's not the fruit of Christ being in you, your scars. It's the overcoming of things as he overcame things. El fruto de, de Cristo estando en ti no es de tus heridas. Porque aquí dice la palabra de Dios que lo sanó. Pero es, es teniendo el mental de Cristo de ser victorioso en todas las cosas. But we read here that the prophet Isaiah, and then we go and we turn to 1 Peter 2.24, and we see Peter's interpretation of this. And Peter says, El cual mismo llevó nuestros pecados en su cuerpo sobre el madero. Para que nosotros, siendo muertos a los pecados, viva, vivamos a la justicia por la herida de cual habías sido sanados. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. See, brothers and sisters, this sacrifice that Christ did wasn't just for a beautiful story that's, uh, that's um, going to be here in the next few weeks. Everybody's going to be cele uh, celebrating some form of it. But it was a purpose that he came here, not for the celebration of it, but for you to accept that this sacrifice was for healing of scars that you have. You see, you're here on earth, you have scars. You could have had a perfect upbringing, but you still got scars. You still got issues. You see, and Christ came for those issues. And for us to receive him in our heart, for us to receive him, his spirit, we've got to receive that he's prepared to heal our issues, our stripes, our struggles. Para nosotros recibir a Dios en nuestras vidas, para aceptarlo en nuestro corazón, necesitamos aceptar primeramente que Dios puede sanar tus heridas. Si tienes algo en tu vida, si todavía estás uh, quedándote en un momento en tu vida, no puede estar Dios trabajando. Estamos a, a poniendo la palabra de Dios como es mentira. Porque podemos ver aquí que el propósito que Él vino era para sanar nuestras heridas, para darnos salvación. And we go to verse 25 here. Porque vosotros eráis como ovejas descarriadas, mas ahora habías vuelto al Padre 
y obispo de vuestras almas. For ye are, ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. You see, a lot of the times as humans, we don't like to hear that we're lost. You know, we don't like to hear or be told that we're wrong. The humanistic characteristic doesn't like to be told anything that we're wrong. But once we get into the spiritual aspect of things, then we understand that we need a guide. You see, if you're still going through life and you're thinking you're okay and you're not okay, because only you will know that. You and Christ know that. There might be a couple of close personal people, but they still don't know everything. You see, when Christ gives this term right here of being a shepherd, it's because we find ourselves in the state of being lost and needing a guide. Podemos ver aquí, hermanos, cuando dice que es obispo. Eso es shepherd. ¿Cómo? Pastor. Dice la palabra de, de, de Dios cuando dice que es pastor, es porque somos ovejas que estamos descartadas descarriadas y muchas veces en nuestras vidas nos sentimos que tenemos dirección por eso necesitamos en el espíritu, estar en el espíritu estar queriendo que alguien nos da la guía that's where God in our lives takes another level and you see if we don't give him that level of guidance in our lives then we still continue to be lost. We've got to get to that point where we understand that he's God. You know, he came as a lamb, but he, when he crucified, became the shepherd, became the guide, became what we needed in our lives. And some of us really need this guidance in this, in this direction in our lives because we're, we're not hurting anyone else but ourselves. Like I said, we can come here for a lot of reasons to church and we can expect things and we want to be motivated and we want the change to happen um, uh, osmosisly. We just want it just to happen naturally. But there's got to be a sacrifice. There's got to be a decision. There's got to be a push that takes you beyond what's normal to you. Muchas veces, hermanos, venemos aquí y nomás queremos que natural, naturalmente cosas pasan, que cambiamos cosas, pero Dios quiere el sacrificio. We see here that there was a sacrifice that Christ made to show us, to lead us, that there's going to be sacrifices that were going to be made in our lives that needed to happen. See, we never want to hear about the sacrifice We just want it just to happen and just think it's going to happen and we're going to try to force it to happen. But you can't force your way into this type of promise. You can't just do it willingly and say, if I'm stubborn enough, I'm going to receive you know, this blessing. It's going to happen. Because we see in the Bible the struggles that had that intent. We see in the Bible that people that didn't understand what it was to easily, freely just give give to the Lord and say, God, I'm, I surrender. I surrender all. Y muchas veces, hermanos, estamos pensando que con uh, nomás teniendo un intento 
para recibir algo nomás teniendo, nomás queriendo, si yo, yo contiguamente hago esto, no cambio cosas, voy a hacer cosas como lo estoy haciendo, o estar bien. No lo voy a hacer como dice la palabra de Dios, no lo voy a hacer como, como, como el Señor me está demandando, yo lo voy a hacer como yo siento en mi corazón. Cosas son, no podemos recibir de Dios. We cannot receive from God if we try to change things and to uh, apply them a different way. You see, the hardest thing is for a world to subject to something that's old. You got to understand that. See, we've dated the Bible and we think, oh, you know, that's, you know, they didn't even have iPhones back then. They didn't even have computers back then. What did they know back then, right? Now all I got to do is just ask this thing and it gives me everything. They didn't even have that back then. But see, the Word of God is timeless. See, the Word of God, when you start to read it, before you even started reading it, it had a purpose to read you, to change you. You see, there's something powerful when you open up the Word of God and you start to read something and you see that God already had, an, had the intent of showing you this to guide you. Now, the problem is, is are we reading the Bible? Are we getting into the Bible? So this interaction can happen. A lot of things come into our lives that distract us. A lot of things come into our lives that change our perception on stuff. Oh, I don't need to do it that much. That's crazy. That's too much. That's too much of too much. But see, the Holy Spirit, when it's in you, it's all of you. So whatever you're doing, the Holy Spirit's with you. It's not like you just take the Holy Spirit out and say, you know what, I'm going to put you right here on a shelf while I go to work. No, the Holy Spirit goes with you. So if you think too much of something is too much, then like pastor says, then heaven's going to seem like hell to you because that's all it's going to be. See, everyone wants to get to heaven, but not everyone reads what heaven is, which is endless eternity of worship of Christ. If church seems long to you, if you're looking at your clock during praise, during the word, and it seems long to you, then like I said, like pastor has said before, then heaven's going to seem like hell to you. Because all it is is glorifying God. If we can't figure that out here and we can't uh, connect our Holy Spirit to that mentality, then it's going to be difficult for you. And so for us, we've got to understand and come to this as we just read here in Isaiah and Peter that Christ came with an intent and a purpose to heal us because we were lost in our sins. We were damaged in our sins and he came to heal our wounds. For us to receive him in our hearts, we've got to receive that he's coming to us to heal us. Entendemos, hermanos, para nosotros recibir, recibir a Cristo en, en nuestro corazón, necesitamos a recibir que el intento de él veniendo aquí era para sanarnos. Eso es poderoso. Y muchas veces creemos que era el, el, el juicio que vino. A lot of times we think it's because he came to judge us. He said it. He said, how am I going to judge people, you know, that are lost? You know, I came here and said, I'm not going to judge you. My word's going to judge you. Él dijo que yo no te voy a juzgar, mi palabra te va a juzgar. Él vino para sanar y salvar. Pero necesitamos a recibir esto en nuestros corazones. We need to receive this healing. 
See, for us to receive Christ, we need to receive his healing. Some of us, again, like that handicap, like that crutch of saying, well, I'm not completely healed. I'm still kind of scarred. I'm still kind of hurting. I like to kind of keep this on the back burner because if something flares up, then I can always go back to this. That's not Christ's intent. Christ's intent was to take it all and take you to a different place. See, some of us, we, we want to go back to incidents and we want to be the victim. And Christ showed me a long time that Christ isn't looking for victims. He's looking for people that decide to leave that and become victorious. Muchas veces, hermanos, queremos nosotros siempre ir donde pasó la cosa. Cuando recibimos el título de víctima. Pero Cristo no quiere eso. eso ese momento ya pasó cuando recibimos a Cristo en nuestros corazones. Porque el intento era de ser sanado. Amen. Our intent, or his intent, was to heal us. Heal us from our wounds. If we turn to Galatians 3.13, we read here, Cristo nos redimió de la maldición de la ley. Hecho por nos, no, nosotros maldición. Porque está escrito maldito cualquiera que es colgado en madero. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. You see, Christ came here and we had, based off of the law that was written here, we were so far off of it that even the people that were teaching the law were breaking the law. You see, the Pharisees and the scribes, those that should have been, should have been merciful in leading people, they were the ones that were wanting to stone people. They're the ones that were chasing the woman to Jesus' feet with a rock in their hand. And so it says here that he redeemed us from a curse of the law. This, this law had been twisted. This law was, was at one time written for people as God was taking them through this journey and, and they were becoming his people. And if we look at from the very beginning of Genesis and Exodus, all, to, all, to, all the way to Galatians where this was written, these apostles and disciples were, were preaching and saying, look, he had to come and die for us to give us this new mercy and grace. Because this mercy and grace wasn't on earth until Christ came. Entendemos aquí, hermanos, que dice aquí, Cristo nos redimió del maldición de la ley. ¿Qué era la maldición de la ley? No era que Cristo, que Dios con Moisés, escribió un ley que era para un, un pueblo que Dios estaba creando o estaba queriendo avanzar. Es porque cuando estaba Cristo aquí, estaba viendo que la gente lo estaba, ¿cómo dice? Torciendo. Torciendo. Y los que estaban enseñando 
no estaban entendiendo lo que Dios quería enseñar con la en misericordia. See, Christ came here and he gave mercy. He gave grace. See, mercy and grace wasn't here. People were using the law to judge. People were using the law to, to uh, execute things, purposes. Look at, look at Christ. If we look at the people that, that crucified Christ, that were attacking Christ, it wasn't, it wasn't the typical enemy that you would think. There were Pharisees. They were priests of the law, the Judaic law. And so we see here that Paul is reading saying, look, this law, this law that was here on earth, it was a curse because look, look at even that intent right now. They were seeking out to crucify Christ. People that were teaching the law. Are we understanding this? Do I need to go slower? Do I need to say it in Chinese? Because maybe my Spanish and English isn't that well. You see, these people that were seeking out Christ, these Pharisees and scribes that were looking to catch him, they were followers of this law that they were starting to create a man's law to it. What's powerful is Christ came here and to destroy that law to add to that law, this mercy and grace. It's powerful. Because he said, look, there's going to be a new law to love each other. That was powerful. Can you imagine that, the, that Christ had to say to love each other? Could you imagine the state that humanity was in at that time for him to say that? that there was no love for each other. Everybody was on guard. Everybody was on guard, afraid of following this law that now had become a curse. And he came to put it away. So the more we understand God's purpose in our lives, the more we can we come to him and we, and we can receive him. And we know that this curse that he came to destroy, he came to destroy it by what was considered a curse hanging on a tree. So as we come here at times, we find ourselves with a lot of stuff going on. We find ourselves lost at times. Muchas veces que vinimos aquí, hermanos, estamos descarriados. No sabemos lo que Dios está haciendo en nuestras vidas a veces. No sabemos lo que debemos, cómo debemos sentir, lo que debemos hacer. Este uh, andar con Cristo a veces es difícil. Y es más difícil cuando no estamos buscándole en, en la palabra de Dios. Es más difícil cuando lo estamos haciendo con queriendo ser guiado de nuestro corazón. This journey is a lot harder when not only are we doing it alone, but we're doing it with our heart. See, when we're trying to be guided by our heart, when the Word of God says that your heart is the biggest deceiver, it's not me that said that. Everybody wants to put heart into it, but your heart 
can only take you so far. What we've got to put into it is the will of God. Well, you know, consistency in the will of God is what's going to, it's going to subject your heart. It's what's going to allow your heart to stay consistent in your belief and your desire. But you're going to feel a way right now, and you're going to feel different in an hour. That's your heart. But your spirit, when your spirit's motivated, when your spirit wants to be guided, when your spirit has a desire, that's what's going to take you. That's what's going to convince your heart. That's what the Holy Spirit was given to us for, to subject our hearts. No es tu corazón, hermanos, que, que va a cambiar cosas en tu vida. Dice que tu corazón es el más en, engañoso cosa que tienes. El Espíritu va a gui, guiar tu corazón. Por eso es importante pedir a Dios el Espíritu Santo para tenerlo en tu vida. Porque nuestro corazón va, puede cambiar en una hora, como estás sintiendo ahorita. Muchas veces te has ido de aquí y has sentido algo, pero no lo, no lo traes para atrás cuando, cuando vienes la otra vez. Algo se pierda. You see, we can't be impressed that our, oh, my heart was touched. We got to be impressed that our Holy Spirit is being fed. There's too many of us that are being led by the heart, and this is why we're still in the same place and we're still struggling with things. Because our heart is our guide. It's the Holy Spirit that Christ left for us as a comforter, as a guide, as something to speak to us. You see, sometimes we don't like to hear that. We'd rather be, we'd rather be led by something that's artificial. I don't want to be led by something that's artificial. I want to be led by something that's real, that's grounded. A rock that won't move. When are we going to start, stop with the emotions and being led by an emotion? And being, instead being guided by our Holy Spirit that Christ has given us. It's powerful when we start to desire the Holy Spirit to be our guide. Es poderoso, hermanos, cuando tenemos el deseo que el Espíritu Santo sea nuestra guía. Es algo que se lleva un sacrificio de nosotros. Porque siempre es la carne contra el Espíritu. Siempre, siempre tenemos un pelea. Siempre estamos teniendo algo que, que es contra. El carne quiere algo. El carne quiere siempre lo que es de la carne. Pero el Espíritu Santo quiere siempre de Dios. You see, there's always a battle between the flesh and the spirit. There's always a battle. There's a battle right now going on in you, you know, in things that are being said because you, you want to hold on and you want to maintain to things. You know, we want to maintain to things that are artificial. I don't want something that's artificial. I want something that's eternal. I don't want something that wastes away. I want something that holds its value. Our spirit, our salvation holds its value. If we turn to Matthew 27, 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, 
He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Y viniendo Pilato, que nada adelantaba antes, se hacía más alboroto. Tomando agua, se lavó las manos delante del pueblo, diciendo, inocente soy yo de la sangre de este justo. Veréis lo vosotros. What's pretty interesting, brothers, right here, it says that, you know, Pilate at the time where he was asking the people during the festival, do you want this thief, Barnabas, or do you want Jesus released? Because it was customary that they would release someone during this festival. They said, who do you want here? Do you want the thief, the guy that stole from you? A guy that has, you know, caused havoc? Or do you want Jesus? And the people picked the thief. Aquí estamos leyendo, hermanos, que Pilato, siempre en este tiempo que tenían festivas, or festivas, dejaron, dejaron ir un, uno que estaba encarcelado. Y aquí tenían uno que se llamaba Barnabas. I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Barnabas. Y tenían Jesús. Barnabas robaba. Eh, era un hombre que causaba daño público. Y Jesús, como dice aquí Pilato, era justo. Y escogieron Barnabas. They chose a thief over what Pilate just said right here, someone that was just. Now you can see how powerful, how powerful the intent of the curse was. L listen to what I'm telling you here, because when I start to tell you that um, pretty soon it's going to be 64%, I think, was what the stat was, of people not believing at all, just I don't want to believe in any kind of religion. Atheism is a religion to people. I don't want to believe in atheists. I just don't want to believe. 64% is where our nation is headed in the next few years. They're projecting. And now you see these people picking a thief over something that was righteous. And we see the word of God saying that now what is good they call bad and what is bad they call good. We're living in times where things are changing. Some of us remember, you know, times where TV was different, when society was different, when something that was wrong was being wrong until it was made right. Not no more. Now it's, well, we got to be, you know, got to be careful. But we see here that Pilate, the, the, the one that was in charge from Rome, was in charge of these people, he said, I can't find anything wrong with him. I'm going to wash my hands from this decision you guys are making because this is a just man. He even says it here. 
Now, he says this, and it says that he said this to the multitude. So he said this to the people because he did not want this on his hands. And look what the people say next in verse 25. It says, then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and our children. Y respondiendo, todo el pueblo dijo, su sangre sea sobre nosotros y sobre nuestros hijos. No, no en un buen manera, hermanos. No piensa aquí, ah, qué, qué lindo, la sangre de Cristo. No estaban diciendo aquí que Pilato no quería esta sangre de alguien que era inocente. Pero la gente no le importaba. Now, when you get to a point and you're at a state where you don't even care that this curse come on you, this is what they're saying. Let, his, let this curse come on us. Let this, this shedding of innocent blood come on us and our families. This is the terrible state that they're in. They're like, okay, okay, Pilate, you, you, don't, you don't have to have it on you. I'll, I'll t- we'll take it, and our children's children will take it. So this generational curse was put on people this day. You see, sometimes you don't understand why you were raised away or you've seen things or things have happened in this earth or, or, and you don't understand that back then this started. This day that Christ was there and innocent blood was shed and it was shed for our salvation. It was, it was shed for our, our wounds like we read here, but we see these people saying they didn't care. They didn't care that it, there was an innocent man dying. They're like, we'll take it, and our kids' kids will take it. Ooh, man, how the enemy deceives us. I ask you, you know, at the state that you're in, do you understand what you're taking and what you're willing to pass on to your children? Podemos ver aquí, hermanos, que la gente no le importaba que que Jesús era inocente y que Pilato dijo que yo no quiero esta sangre en mis manos. Ellos dijeron, nosotros lo llevamos y nuestros hijos lo llevan. Ellos no le importaban que iban a ser maldecidos. Ese estado que estaba era cuando Cristo estaba aquí, en luz del mundo. Estaba en la oscuridad. Mira que oscuro estaba la gente, que no lo importaban. Que con sus labios se maldecieron mismos. What a powerful thing, brothers and sisters, that we can see here. That darkness, what darkness can do to you. That these people were in such a darkness, not seeing the light that was before them. That they said, we'll take that. Put that blood on us. And put it on our children, that innocent blood. Not understanding that who Christ was. And what's powerful to me is that is, is that sometimes we're foolishly and make we're foolish in making decisions. We're foolish in making decisions. How many can raise your hand on that? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah on making foolish decisions to this morning? Oh, nobody makes a foolish decision. Perfect credit scores here. Oh, so smart are we here, aren't we? 
Am I the only one that makes bad decisions? But we see this decision right here affecting humanity. When he gave up his spirit, the mountain trembled. enemy wanted to see him die. Powerful moment. All based off of an emotional decision that people were making at a festival. But we turn here to Acts 2, 37. And what's powerful, you can read this chapter. I, you know, I always tell people, read this chapter, read before, because we're not going to go through the whole reading it of all. But, uh, but you see here that in Acts, Peter, Peter is, is, is preaching. Pe- Peter is preaching. See, Jesus ain't there no more, but Peter is full with the Holy Spirit. He's preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching this sermon, and it's impactful to people, and people are just, they're feeling it. Es la primera vez que Pedro está predicando aquí con el Espíritu Santo, hermanos, y la gente está oyendo. La misma gente que estaba queriendo que la sangre está... Que, se, que, que ellos recibí, recibían el maldicio de este sangre inocente. Estaban aquí oyendo la palabra de Dios, de Pedro. And Peter was giving this sermon. And this, this sermon is powerful, you know. Peter's telling them about who Christ was and how Christ came to redeem them and how Christ loved them. And, and, and Peter's just dropping it down being guided by the Holy Spirit. And we see here on 37, it reads here. How does it say on 37? It says, Entonces, oyendo esto, fueron compungidos de corazón. Y dijeron a Pedro y las otros apóstoles, varones, hermanos, they were so bothered it says right here now when they heard what they had done what they heard that they said put the blood on us and put it on our children when they heard how foolish they were in this decision they said now when they heard this they were pricked in their hearts Ooh, bad decision was made they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren we do read 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 before you'll see everything that peter said on how he was crucified you see brothers and sisters there's times that we make decisions based on our heart based on an emotion based on on something that we've been raised in instead of taking this time and just okay god if you're speaking to me Give me the Holy Spirit to discern. Give me the Holy Spirit to understand. If I'm carrying this curse, if I'm carrying this curse, if this innocent blood's still on me, because I haven't understood that that blood could be turned to wipe away my sins. And the way I have it on me is because I rejected him. That's when that blood became on me. You see, when I received the sacrifice and I received the healing, 
then God's purpose for his for Jesus was not in vain. Christ coming here to bear sacrifice for us was not in vain. But when I rejected, that I'm like those people that day saying, let that blood be on us and on our children. We don't need it. You see, and Peter was here talking to these people, and it says they were pricked in their heart. I love that term. There's a couple, there's twice that it's used in the Bible. One is when Peter was talking, and the other time was when Paul was knocked off his horse. It means that their heart was so overwhelmed by what they had done that they asked, what do we do? What do we do to get this? This blood that we called for off of us. They couldn't change time. They couldn't go back to the incident where they were yelling, Barnabas, free Barnabas, crucified Christ. So what they did is they said, we want this off. We want our conscience to be clear. And then we read in verse 38. Y Pedro les dice, arrepentimiento. Dios y bautizados y bauticen bauticeas cada uno de vosotros en el nombre de Jesucristo para perdón de los pecados y recibir y recibiréis el don del Espíritu Santo. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Christ for the remissions of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So so we see here this is what's different. This is where the old law was a curse. We see here and Peter could have because Peter had received mercy. You got to remember one thing even though Peter didn't say Barnabas, Peter ran. He wasn't there with Christ. So we're hearing this Peter that is not talking from the old law that would have said, well, you know what? You know what, all y'all, you, I know you guys want to know what to do, but you can't do anything. You're going to hell. And Peter wasn't dropping it down like that. He wasn't saying things like that. And that's what they were used to hearing before. They were used to hearing from scribes that say, oh, no, your sentence is death. Adultery, death. Fornication, death. Sin, death. Peter, after he tells them that he even says that he even uses that as a term, you crucified the king of glory. Right afterwards, he gives the gift of salvation? This is what's the new law. This beautiful precious that Christ had to give his life to give this mercy and grace. Peter now is saying, look, just repent. Repent for your sins. Repent. And the sign of repentance is not only vocalizing, saying that I I want something new, but it's also the act that he says here in baptism. Baptize yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And what's such an impactful term that they used here because because you got to remember that it's still Judaic law, which was still not believing that the Messiah had came. And that's where the name Jesus Christ has an impact in the baptism is that they got, and they didn't just say, baptize yourself in God. Which, you know, the Judaic law would have been, okay, okay, well, that's still not believing that, you know, that the Messiah came. No, no, no. He says, he uses the term that baptize yourself in Jesus Christ. Something that even to this day has power in, in, in Israel. They still don't believe that the Messiah had came. And now he's saying, look, you're pricked in your hearts and you want to make a change, then baptize yourself in Christ, whom was denied. Lo que es importante aquí que dice que se bautizan en el nombre de Cristo. Y muchos de ellos eran judíos, no creyendo que el Mesías ya, ya he, he venido. Ellos todavía no, no, no creían eso y hasta este día no lo creían. Pero ellos sintiendo esto sobre ellos, recibieron el entendimiento porque Pedro estaba lleno del Espíritu Santo. He was full of the Holy Spirit and they felt this conviction and they said, what do we do, Peter? What do we do to take this, to take this off of us? What do we do? And he said very simply what, what we can do, and it's the gift that God has given us. He said, just repent. Repent. Repent of your sins. To this day, it's still the greatest gift that we have is repentance. It's what frees us. It's what liberates us. It's what takes shame away from you. Is repenting. It's not therapy. Repent. Repent from doubting the power of Christ in your life. Repent for wasting time by following your heart and chasing after things that haven't got you anywhere. Repent from listening to your pride more than the humility of a Savior that we have the guide that we have and how humble he was. Him being a king, he left his throne. And Peter says, repent. That's what I did. Just repent. But what we also need to do is, in this repentance, is be baptized. And you know what's great about this? Peter's like taking him on this nice little, he goes, when you do these things, You're showing obedience. You're showing the belief that he didn't come in vain. And, and now you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Le dice Pedro aquí a la gente que dice, ¿qué hago? ¿Qué, qué hacemos, Pedro? ¿Qué hacemos? No, nosotros no queremos esa sangre en nuestras manos. Dice él, él dice, arrepentidos. Repéntete. Él comenzó con la más importante cosa, es que nosotros... Entendemos que tenemos algo. Que tenemos un, la palabra es de, deuda, deuda, debt, 
deuda. Que necesita, que necesita estar, ser, ser pagado. See, we have a debt that needs to be paid for. And you couldn't pay for that debt. Somebody had to come and pay for it. And you had to receive that. Like I said in Galatians, that he became the curse. To break it. He became this to give us salvation. If we turn to Revelations 1.5, Y de Jesucristo el testigo fiel, el primogénito de los muertos y príncipe de los reyes de la tierra, al que nos amó y nos ha alabado de nuestros pecados con su sangre. And from Jesus Christ, who is faithful, who is, a, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from the sins in his own blood. Now, brothers and sisters, you see, there's a difference by asking this innocent blood to be on us because we're choosing to reject him. And this is what the people did. There's a difference between receiving repentance and saying, he can wash away my sins with this precious sacrifice. Are we still in the point where we're rejecting him in our lives and we're just pushing him away and we're just denying him and we're choosing what's of the flesh over what he is to us in the spirit? We see here that Christ is is mighty. He overcame death. He sacrificed himself because he wanted our generations to be different. El sacrificio de Dios era para que nosotros, nuestras generaciones sean librados, sean bendecidos. Pero el intento de humanidad, how do you say humanity? Humanidad era que la sangre, un sangre inocente, que estaba en nosotros. Humanity wanted an innocent blood. They wanted the curse. We choose the curse instead of the blessing. Humanity chose the curse instead of the blessing of being redeemed. Instead of the stripes healing us, we want the stripes. We're okay with that. We're okay with that. We're okay with the stripes. We don't need healing. That's humanity. Humanity is I'd rather have darkness and not see myself and still be hurting inside instead of this light shining. And showing me what's broken. Humanidad, hermanos, quiere la oscuridad. Dice así, darkness, la oscuridad. Porque no se quiere ver. Está quebrado. 
sabiendo que, que Cristo es la luz. Cristo puede, puede hallar en nosotros lo que está quebrado, lo que necesitamos. The Christ is, 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 is mighty. This is why the enemy had all the people saying, yes, crucify him. Crucify who's innocent. The enemy thought that he won on this day. He just gave power because Christ said, look, I've got to leave. I've got to depart for me to be in you. See, I was with you. I walked with you. But for me to be in you, I've got to depart. See, the enemy thought he won, but he actually gave power to the process of what Christ came for. See, that's the, see we're afraid of our enemy, but our enemy is still going to do prophesized from our Christ. You see, this is where our strength in the Holy Spirit needs to come over us and understanding that our enemy has no power over us. Well, I feel like he has power over me. I'm still, I'm still struggling to have joy. I'm still struggling with this and this and that. I still struggle in these things. That ain't your enemy. That's your flesh. El enemigo no tiene poder, hermanos. Ya ha sido, ya ha sido vencido el enemigo. Ese día que Jesucristo dio su vida y, y que él, él no entendía que Cristo ganó este día. Que venció el enemigo. If we turn to 1 Peter 3.18... Porque también Cristo padeció una vez por los injustos para llevarnos a Dios, siendo a la verdad muerto en la carne, pero vivificado en el Espíritu. For Christ also, also has, hath once suffered for, sin, for, the, for sins, the just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. You see, Christ came with the purpose to take us to God by giving his life in the flesh. Cristo vino, hermanos, para llevarnos a Dios, dando su vida. En la carne. See, a sacrifice, a sacrifice is only a sacrifice if there's something that you're holding yourself back. You know, that's why they say it's incredible sacrifices when somebody, without even thinking about it, goes in front of a car and pushes somebody while they get hit. Because that was like, but when you think about it, And you start to think of, you know, and, and, and see, and, and it's not like Christ came one day and hung on a cross the next day. Christ was born here, saw humanity at its worst at times, had to hide through the night as he went through towns because they were looking to get him. And all he was doing was healing and preaching this new word. 
And all this time, these 30 plus years that he was here, at any time you could have said, this ain't worth it. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Good luck with this. Let's start over again like in the days of Noah. No, but they prophetized in Isaiah, prophesied on this. And he knew what this journey was going to be, and yet he was faithful. And it says that he was a lamb, and you see, you know what the, you, you know, I've, you've heard this before, but you know what the difference is between a lamb and a goat, right? See, a goat, when you're about to kill it, it just, it makes sounds that are horrible. Es verdad, hermanos, que... Okay, ¿cómo se dice un goat? Un chiva, chiva que es, hace escándalo cuando lo vas a matar. <laughs> a goat just will be. But a lamb will quietly just be there. And you see, our Christ came as a lamb, as a sacrifice. And even though he had all this burden on him, he still saw it through because he knew that he needed to add this to us of mercy and grace. He came to redeem us. And I like this next verse here in Luke, and if Brother Anthony could put it up there. It says, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now, brothers and sisters, that way you understand where this is at. This is, in the Bible, this is before they're going to capture Jesus. This is the chapter before they're capturing Jesus. Can you imagine you knowing, first of all, you knowing that they're, that what's coming up next this pain that you're going to go through. This is what's so powerful about this, the message of Christ is that he was all God and he was all human. In this battle that's happening right here that we're going to read is right before he's asking his disciples, he's like, look, please pray so you don't fall into temptation, but please, please just stay up with me. Because this is going to be the hardest night. Es poderoso aquí, hermanos, que podemos leer aquí que ese era en el tiempo antes que lo iban a agarrar a Jesucristo. Capturar. Que lo iban a llevar para... Pilato y les pide Dios nomás oran que no llegan ustedes en tentación pero también quería que ellos esa noche será con él porque era una noche difícil y vamos a seguir leyendo aquí it was a difficult night here and he just asking look Look, just pray that you don't fall into temptation, you know, you know, because this is going to be a rough night. 
And we read here the next verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. So it says here that he, after he told them that, then he just went just a little bit away from them. He asked them this, and then he went away from them just a distance. And it says here, and kneeled down and prayed. Y él se apartó de ellos como un tiro de pierda. Y puesto de rodillos oro. So he asked them to do something, right? What did he ask them to do? He asked them, please pray so you at least you fall into temptation. Right? And then what did he do? He went to go pray on his own. So we read now 42. Diciendo, Padre, si quisieras Quieres, pasa ese vaso de mí, pero no, no se haga mi voluntad la tuya. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the human side of Christ. Christ knew he came for this purpose. Christ knew, but now everything was starting to weigh on him. It's different when you read something. It's another thing when you're experiencing it. You could be on a plane and they could be telling you, okay, in case of an emergency, you're going to grab this thing right here and this thing's going to fall right here. But when there's an emergency, then you're like, what? What do I grab? What do I pull? What do I unbuckle? What do I buckle? What mask do I put on? He was in it. Aquí estamos leyendo aquí, hermanos, que... Le pide que si es la voluntad de Dios que este copa pasa de él. Porque se está sintiendo la carga. Le pidió a los apóstoles. Quédense aquí, oran, para que no entran en tentación. Él vio, él, él se fue y comenzó a orar. Esa era la oración. He asked the disciples, pray so you don't fall into temptation. Then he came over here and this, is, was, his, this was his prayer. Verse 43. Y le apareció un ángel del cielo confortándole. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Verse 44. Y estando en agonía, Oraba más intensamente y fue su sudor como gra, grandes de gotas de sangre que caen hasta la tierra. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. I'm telling you, this was heavy. He, this was the night before. This is, this is where, you know, this is where he knew what was coming. So he even prayed even harder. Because this is a decision that the flesh was, everything was against him. But an angel prayed and comforted him, but still he was in agony that he, he prayed even more. And his sweat was it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. He had so much pressure on him that his sweat was blood. I've never heard of that. I'm just, but I'm not educated in that, but so, under so much pressure that his 
His sweat was dropping on the dirt blood because he knew that this weight was great. He's got his disciples over here, right? That he's asked them to do something, right? Pray that you don't enter into temptation, right? Right? I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, sometimes we come to church and, and, and we're asking things, we're, we're, we're saying things like this, and, and we get amens, we get this, and then, and then it's like, but Christ, if Christ was here and he was asking something of you and, and, and you had seen all these miracles, you know, he's saying, you know what, make sure you, you pray so you don't fall into temptation. You're, you're, you think that's another level of, of paying attention, right? Do you agree with that? If Christ was here telling you something like, make sure you do this, that you're like, oh, man, I'm going to put a little asterisk on that one. Jesus told me not to do this one. He must know something. And sometimes we don't see that, you know, in relation to, to people that are bringing the word of God. And so you won't put that asterisk that, you know, oh, they said this, and then we just fall into something and we fall into temptation. We go with our own heart when, we're, you know, it's being said not to be led by your heart. We still go by our own heart. So Jesus tells them here, pray so you don't fall into temptation. Pray so you stay up with me in the hardest night. And then we keep on reading here. The next verse. And when he rose up from his prayers and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Y como... Se, levantaron de la, se, se levantó de la oración y vino a sus discípulos, ayolos, 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 dormido, durmiendo de tristeza. So, verse 46. And he said unto them, why sleep ye? Rise and pray lest ye enter into temptation. You see, Everybody can say, well, man, they were just sad. They were sad. They saw, they saw their master over there. They saw their master over there praying this, and, and they're sad for him because they, they know, they know. They know, you know, everything that he said, and they knew that the sacrifice that he was going to have to do. And in and their sadness, they fell asleep. In his sadness, he asked for more strength. They missed what he had said from the beginning. He said, pray so you don't fall into temptation. And they prayed themselves to sleep. There's probably a message in that one just alone. Sometimes we're not praying so we don't stay in temptation. We're praying ourselves to sleep. And we see here that a commandment that Christ had asked them to do for themselves. Because he didn't say, pray for me. He said, pray that you don't fall into temptation. They fall asleep. And after this, they come and get Christ. And what happens? They fall into temptation. I don't know. Even Peter, you know, like I mentioned before, talked differently. So they would say, oh, they, he can't be with them. Look at the way he's talking. They fell into temptation. 
You see, sometimes, brothers and sisters, we find ourselves in Christ. It's giving you a word. It's giving you a warning. It's giving you a message. And we don't listen to the specifics on it. He's telling you that he loves you, that he came here. He gave his life to heal you of your wounds, of your stripes. And yet we will leave here still wounded and with stripes. And we don't give power of his sacrifice, his salvation to truly enter us. See, some of us have accepted Jesus by words alone, but we haven't received Jesus. See, because when you receive Jesus, then all these things, they don't matter what it is. I'm telling you one thing, we could be here, we could have a massive whiteboard and say, well, here are my problems. You're going to probably find somebody somewhere that's going to have more problems. Or you're going to find somebody that had the same problems. Christ came was personal for you. Muchas veces venimos aquí, hermanos, y creemos que nosotros, los problemas que tenemos, lo que estamos pasando nosotros, es el más grave. Oh, ese es el último. Hasta que oímos a alguien que está pasando algo más, oímos a alguien que está pasando la misma cosa. Eso no es la historia. La historia es, es personalmente que Cristo te puede sanar, te puede salvar a ti mismo. Eso es el poder. Sus discípulos estaban ahí y oyendo del de maestro que oran porque no entran en tentación, oraron hasta que se dormieron. No estaba pidiendo Dios eso. Estaba sabiendo que el tentador estaba ahí trabajando, la carne estaba ahí diciéndole, ¿por qué vas a hacer esto? Ni te aman, ni, te, ni, ni, ni la gente te cree. Todo duda estaba pegándole a Dios. Y él estaba orando. Many times are we in prayer and sometimes even negativity comes in our prayer. Oh, come on. Is somebody here? Is somebody here this morning? I don't, I don't think we have some real people here because I don't know who you are. Well, how many of y'all, y'all are praying and then all of a sudden you just, you're on left field with what you're talking about? You're like, man, that's not even what I started my prayer in because you're praying and then you just kind of got sleepy. You see, Christ, when he came here, he came with a purpose. If we turn here to uh, Hebrews, I'm going to ask questions to pass up. Turn to Hebrews 9.12. Y no por sangre de machos cabrios, cabrios, ni de beceros, mas por su propia sangre entró una sola vez en el santuario habiendo obtenido obtenido eterna redención listen to this brothers and sisters neither by the blood of goats and calves because this is what was the old law this is how you sacrifice. This is how you ask for forgiveness is by taking these things to the priest. 
And you see here Paul saying, not by these things. Not by these things. And we keep on reading here. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, brothers and sisters, listen to that. Because you can only go into the holy place with an offering. That's what the priest would go into with it. And it says that he entered with an internal redemption for us. And see, a lot of times we don't receive this eternal redemption. A lot of times we're not accepting this forgiveness, this, this, when you're redeemed, when you're, when you're, when you're pulled from something, when God has said, not no more. All you have to do is reach out your hand to be pulled away from these things. But we continue to go our own way, our own belief, our own desire. We continue to pray, but fall asleep and still become tempted. We wonder why our our prayers aren't answered. We wonder why these things are still happening in our lives. It's because we haven't accepted Christ completely in our hearts. Oh, you can say it real easy. It's easy to say it. It's sometimes even cool to say, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I believe. But do we understand the sacrifice that was given? And how first it was to heal our wounds by his stripes. Second, his blood was to wash away our sins. And third, his spirit was to live in us, dwell in us, comfort us. Entendemos, hermanos, lo que es el sacrificio de Dios que, primeramente, era para sanar nuestras heridas. Segundamente, para darnos salvación con su sangre, para lavar nuestro pecado. Y tercermente, el Espíritu de Dios. Lo que dejó para nosotros, lo que mandó para nosotros. Para darnos, do you say comfort? Descanso? Para darnos parte de él, hermanos. You see, again, a lot of the times we, 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 we come here and church is church, right? Church is our routine. And, and that's what it's been in, in, this, in, this, in this world, in this nation. It's been this routine. And this routine is is having a major impact.